And good afternoon. It's 4 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in to CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located here in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, and this is Finding a Voice, spoken word program airing here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. And we do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. Coming up on the show today, I'm also going to introduce... A little more music than usual as well, but uh, um, I'm going to be featuring essentially the same uh, poets and readers in uh, both hours today, but it's from the March 3rd Reading in the End, The Journey Continues monthly open mic reading series. Uh, You'll hear the majority, just minus a couple of names, I believe, in the second hour, but in the first hour, you'll hear readings by Bob McKenzie, Devin G.A., Brent Raycroft, Devin Runyons, Sarah Emtage, Allison Wong, Eric Folsom, Corey Toke, Pigeon Caddick, uh, Jordan Lane, Leanne Taras, Ken Chin, Billy Kearns, Sasha Hill, Meg Freer, and me. And then in the second hour, you're going to hear again, essentially, I won't repeat all the names again. I will do that in the second hour. Uh, but uh, I'm just looking through the list here and making sure I haven't forgotten anybody. I don't think so. Uh, what I will do uh, first, though, I, I did mention a couple of uh, I brought a couple along a, a couple of uh, older CDs actually uh, that I really love. Uh, so I will be probably playing a little more music than I normally do. I have to explain that it's. Uh, I think I found some old cassette, uh, old uh, CDs uh, from uh, an event uh, several years ago. Uh, for next week, uh, I may bring in uh, with this virus that's going around uh, a lot of events uh, that I could have recorded uh, locally uh, have been canceled and uh, still will be for at least the next two or three or more weeks. So, uh, and I've pretty much exhausted. Uh, some of the more generic uh, or broader range, or maybe the better better word would be just not local uh, recordings. Uh, but I've, uh, I'm hoping that the CDs are still in good shape, but I found the original Poets at Art Fest uh, the very first year, or we'll, we'll be coming up with our sixth one uh, this summer. So I thought it'd be kind of cool to maybe for two or three or four weeks or however long it takes to get through this, uh, and I have time to actually record some more events and get them uh, edited, uh, might be nice to kind of revisit. I will check with those poets, though, and make sure they're okay with me playing some of their older work, but I thought it might be kind of cool. So that's what we might be doing next week. But this week, let's go ahead. Oh, first thing is the usual hourly announcement that occasionally some... uh, Spoken word, poetry, or music played on this show may contain uh, strong language. It's all played in its entirety, though, with content unedited to honor the creative integrity of both the author and the piece. So, moving now into... I did air uh, the first few... uh, uh, the first two groupings uh, off this, and again, I should probably explain that in case you haven't tuned in before. Uh, The monthly poetry series uh, called And the Journey Continues uh, has uh, used to be just 
readings done like up with a minute maximum, a certain amount of time maximum. Now what we're doing are readings in the rounds. So it's one poet, one poem uh, from a list. And then we just go through the list uh, as many times as we can in a night, which is usually two, but lately has kind of been three. So uh, you get uh, two or three outings. You get to hear two or three outings of poets. But because they're just single poems, some of them don't even last a minute. And uh, rather than you listening to me between each of each and every one of them, I group them into usually around uh, three or four poets to a grouping. Uh, Last uh, week, I aired the first two groupings. So last week I did air, and you're going to hear the names again today anyway, but Jordan Lane, Leanne Terrace, uh, Ken Shin, Billy Kearns, Gretchen Huntley, uh, Sasha Hill, and Meg Freer. And they started it out, and this was, uh, checking the date, March 3rd is when it was held. So what we're moving into now is the third grouping of Poets That Evening. So up first this afternoon... Again, moving back into the March 3rd reading in the end, the Journey Continues monthly open mic reading series held at the Elm Cafe. Up first this afternoon, you're going to hear Bob McKenzie, Devin G.A., and Brent Raycroft. See if I can bring this thing up here. There we go. Okay, small commercial first. Um, this is a poster for an event on uh, April 9th in celebration of National Poetry Month and Jazz Appreciation Month, both of which happen to fall in April. Um, it'll be a wonderful night with seven poets reading and great jazz music from talented local musicians, three hours from six to nine. And there is a Facebook event on Facebook already uh, I put a poster up there for anyone who wants to look at it, and I brought posters in case you have any place you can post them. So that's called April is the Coolest Month, which of course it is. I'm going to take a chance tonight. Uh, I'm going to read, if I have a time, three sections from a new 12 to 15 minute poem that I'm writing for that event. Uh, the, in total, these three sections are only about two and a half minutes of the whole thing, so they're very short excerpts, and they may not be in order. Uh, they're very much in the beginning stage, so I will read the first section now. Stop for a moment and breathe. Take a long, slow breath. Wait. Don't breathe. It's in the air. Can you feel it? Can you hear it? It's all around you. Breathe it in. Breathe in deeply. Breathe in the scent. Taste it on your tongue. Feel it fill your lungs. Wait. Breathe out and in again. Can you feel it? It's all around you. It's in you. The heart of the sharecrop, the soul of street and tenement, the anthem of America, a whisper from chained masses, a lament for humanity. It's in you. Can you feel the sorrow? Can you taste the joy? A whisper become a cry heard around the world. Sung soft in slave quarters, sung sad on old wood verandas, sung along northern city streets, seen in a black and white world, photographs and field recordings, 
black men with battered guitars, black women and children in rags, not the blues, but something else, songs of sorrow, perhaps, perhaps, songs of sex and life and love, songs to raise new hope and joy. As we bring up Devin G.A., let's give Bob McKenzie a minute. Oh, this one is called Nice New Mars Attacks. It's a nice day to look around on this Martian rock, red covered in green and yellow. I hip and hop around to my car, leave the scene, but I hesitate. Think of calling in sick. Maybe roll out my kayak and loji and rest my legs. Call it a day off, perhaps, instead of just harvesting my grain on an expansive red. Like poets in the fall, a carnival of rust. Look out to vast alley, not onto belter colonies, pioneers spreading human survival. Alas, I twerk now. My feet whimper and my shoulder shakes, but in my mind the Leviathan wakes. As we bring up Brent Raycroft, let's give Devin G.A. another hand. Thanks, Bruce. Um, I've always been really suspicious of vacation poems. I mean, talk about privilege. <laughs> You know, how does that work? Anyway, you get a Canada Council grant to spend a couple months on the French Riviera. Anyway. Well, on the other hand, if you go on vacation and you refuse to write about it, that's kind of hypocritical anyway, as well. So, I've got two poems. I'm just going to follow. I'll read one. Uh, And it's about a very deserted beach, the kind that people say exist, but and actually do in some places. Rendezvous Beach. We're in the water, in the quiet just beyond the surf, going nowhere except vertically, our toes touching down on the sandy bottom in the troughs between the long ocean swells our faces tasting the slaps from the little wind-raised waves as we rise to the tops of the crests. Except for us, the only others here aren't really here, but out at sea. Though no figures can be seen on deck at such a distance, in the superyacht, whose axe-bowed profile we watch progress from one head to the next along the wide horizon set before us by this sunlit bay. The super yacht is in a hurry, or just showing off, and why not? These are the people enjoying what's left of the world they're taking from the rest of us. On board, it's often just the crew, of course, alone, underway full throttle to catch the owners up at some far port to which they've flown. In minutes, the silent wedge is out of sight. 
a few minutes more and the bow wake comes ashore, a quick succession of heavings, followed by pause, the length of the hull, and then the stern wake repeating. We feel it where we drift, the needless expenditure of energy, the fall and sickening lift And you just heard readings by Bob McKenzie, Devin G.A., uh, Brent and Brent Raycroft in the first round of the March 3rd open mic. In the end, the Journey Continues uh, monthly series held at the Yom Cafe. Up next, uh, you're going to hear readings by Devin Runyons, Sarah Emtich, and Alyssa Wong. Here we go. As we bring up uh, Devin Runyon's, let's give uh, Brent uh, Raycroft another hand. I did make an executive decision here as well that uh, he told me I just brought haiku. I said, read three of them. Fingers divided, undecided about love. Gloves versus mittens. Pond upon the hill, drains with sturdy confidence, saddens, time to fill. Dance by tendencies, hokey pokey borderlines, shake it all about. As we bring up Sarah Antish, let's give Devin Runyon's another hand. I think I've, uh, I've read this one here before, but uh, you may not have all have been here, and um, it matches the weather. Actually, it's written like about a night like this in Kingston. Watercolor City. The traffic in town is synchronized by a Christmas-like network flashing in sequence like sequins, red, green, yellow in the dusk. Relentless rain turns each light into a paint box that drips into drowning gutters, runs its colors down the drain. I am rolling with the rhythm in the quiet of my car, breaking for a beat in ripples running red, easing into motion in the gloom of the green. Windows and brake lights splash their colors in the mix. Shadows run deep with dark ink. Am I a part of this painting, or did I break in by mistake? As we bring up Allison Wong, let's give Sarah and Kitchen another hand. Instead of this disgusting rain, picture yourself in a snowstorm. <laughs> I'm from Winnipeg, so that's the kind of weather I like. So, winter. This, more than anything, feels like home. This, the one calling card to my name. I do not have your prowess or beauty or naturally sharp wits, but I can stand in a snowstorm and smile. I can feel the razor bite wind on my teeth and keep grinning. 
There's something to be said about the kind of numb we call painful. Something about feeling nothing at all and everything at once. I cannot paint you a summer's meadow or sing you a song of spring. But I can trek through the darkest nights with my head held high and emerge the next morning with the frost still standing. As we bring up Eric Folsom, let's give Alison Wong another hand. And you just heard readings by Devin Runyons, Sarah M. Tish, and Allison Wong. Again, those were in the first round of the March 3rd and the Journey Continues Monthly reading in the, um, and the Journey Continues Monthly open mic reading series held at the Elm Cafe. Up next, and we're going to finish out the first round with these. Uh, you're going to hear readings by Eric Folsom, Corey Toke, and then my reading that evening. I think there might have been some closing comments just before the break, too, that I made. So anyway, let's just find out. Too young to go steady. Waking the day after a long day of travel in an unfamiliar room short of sleep, I wrote. I was 13 when I took Jeannie to the dance going to her door with a corsage in a box. Blonde hair, bare shoulders, natural blush on her cheeks. A broad smile from my awkward juvenile courtship. Slow dancing together on the basketball floor. Blue velvet in our ears. Two kids wearing glasses. I surely disappointed her, gentle Cheney, never calling again not dating anyone, a confusing rejection of the normal world. I was baffled by desires that had no name, longing for love and vaguely in love with longing, a queer outsider's rejection of belonging. As we bring up Corey Toke, let's give Eric Folsom another hand. So this is another one of my Martian pieces, and the title also doubles as the first one. So. The color of true waters remains deep shades of blue, tinged occasionally with green. We use a word, aqua, for both hue and substance. Here, the rivers run red, dyed by minerals and sediments unharvested for use, wealth awaiting exploitation, and awash in local ecology. Foreign particles filter from each drop employed in hydration or hygiene, and even then, it never feels clean. A project yet to come. One day, we'll tame these rivers, and then we'll run the color of true waters. Thank you. Skip Corey Toke, another hand. I have uh, 
I think when I first started writing poetry, I was very adamant about what I'm saying here. Uh, but then sort of lost it over time, I guess. But the fact that I just wrote this poem a few days ago makes me realize that maybe I still haven't figured it out. And it's called I'm Writing Poetry. Even after this many decades of writing poetry, attempting still to understand it all, perhaps it is better in the end to have shot from the hip, hip that quickly assembled poem with its still jagged edges, its somewhat uneven but yet steady flow, and its sometimes mismatched pieces. That idea of throw it out there pretty much as it comes that excitement in it, raw, unbridled, and then just leave it that way. And yeah, perhaps that is better than our ground down with every edit, every rewrite of these polished poems. Those shoot from the hip, unfeathered poems will wait in boxes for us. They with their edges and enthusiasm yet both sharp enough to cut through binding ropes through chains and bars. Against the cardboard prison, though, do nothing. Instead, here we now sit, simply rolling in our hands those poems we've endlessly ground, these dull, shiny, that do nothing but sit in our hand and look pretty poems. Thanks. I take about a 10 or 15 minute break. We made it through the first round. If anybody's come in that didn't read in the first round, but wants to, let me know. And uh, we may be able to do three rounds tonight. I don't know, but for sure we're going to get two done. So I'll kind of do my rounds. But first, before we go, because I know some people probably have to leave a bit early, uh, I like to do this at the end of the reading, but I want to do it now as well to catch everybody. We've heard some wonderful readings here tonight. Let's give yourselves and everybody else an applause. And enjoy your break. Catch you here in a few. And uh, you just heard, uh, before my closing comments in the first half, uh, you heard readings by Eric Folsom, Corey Toke, and myself. Again, those were ended up uh, the... First round of the March 3rd open mic uh, reading in the end. The Journey Continues monthly open mic reading series again held at the Elm Cafe. Uh, you, as you heard, I was still anticipating how many rounds there would be at that point that night. I can let you know now there were three rounds. So over the course of the next hour and a half or so, uh, we're going to play the full, the remainder of that, but not enough to fill uh, the two hours. So I'm going to do like I used to do once in a while. And as I had already mentioned, I'm of the two albums I brought in, I really fell in love with, uh, and it might still be my favorite Beck album, going all the way back to 2002, his Sea Change album. I am going to play the first cut off of it called the golden age here you are 
Friday evenings at 6 p.m. here on CFRC, listen to Saltwater Music, a show covering all musical genres from the East Coast of Canada. 
Celtic, of course, but also rock, jazz, blues, folk, and a lot more. I'm your host, Rob Carnell. Tune in to Saltwater Music Friday evening from 6 to 8 here on CFRC 101.9 FM. Or you can catch us on the web at www.cfrc.ca. And for our listeners out east, that's 7 p.m. Atlantic and 7.30 Newfoundland. The Kingston Community House for Self-Reliance, widely known as 99 York, has for 30 years been providing a central, low-cost meeting space for groups that allow like-minded people to come together to learn from one another, to share resources and trade skills. The goal of this house is to act as an integral part of the neighborhood in which it is located. On a typical evening, an autism caregiver relief group will be at 99 York, together with a 12-step organization and a transgendered support group, while a social justice and homeschooling group may be booked in the following day. The community house is also available for less official functions, such as barbecues, birthday and office parties, and other social gatherings. We are proud to also serve the Queen's community. For more information, visit 99 York Street in Kingston. Go to www.99york.org, email info at 99york.org, or call 613-542-1136. Folk Everything. Every Saturday morning from 10 till noon on CFRC. Traditional folk, modern folk, future folk, and strange deviations from the norm. Hear the legacy of folk music and discover new favorites and forgotten classics on Folk Everything. Join me every Saturday morning at 10 for a romp through folk culture here on CFRC. Says Red to James, that's a fine motorbike. And before the messages, you heard again uh, Beck off of his 2002 album called Sea Change. And uh, again, uh, The Golden Age was the name of the song you heard off of that. Uh, if there is time in this hour to play another uh, another piece of music off of another piece of music, period, I am going to play another cut off of that album. And then I've got another album... Uh, to do sort of the same thing with, I believe, in the second hour. We'll see how that goes. Anyway, I should say you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. We do stream live online as well, www.cfrc.ca. Okay, let's go ahead and jump back into the March 3rd reading in the End the Journey Continues monthly open mic reading series, again, held at the Elm Cafe. And uh, in case you happen to tune in late, uh, we did begin uh, with a couple of groupings uh, off that last week and then played uh, a few groupings in this uh, so far in this first hour. I believe we're going to have room for three more of them. Uh, so let's go ahead and just jump into that. We are, though, with these readings, moving into the second round that evening. And up first, you're going to hear Pigeon Caddick, Jordan Lane, and Leanne Taurus. Here you go. Welcome back, everybody. Did everybody have a good break? Uh, 
We're going to, we had someone come that uh, has some poetry to share that didn't read in the first round, so I'm going to bring them up first. And can you please welcome Pinchin, is it Kada? Kada. Bring, bring them up. So I'm only reading this uh, because it's a uh, jagged shoot from the hip kind of poem that's been sitting in a cardboard box for a while. So thanks. Um, it does not mean. You are becoming whole, not from fear, but from a patient rain that waters your soul. It's a calm night, and the good company of yourself that fertilized this ground. Please do not believe that your pain is anything but your pain. There is no conspiracy to its sharp hooks, only the wide casting of a careless fisherman. There will be another day, and you'll learn not to fear that they will not come. Each dawn is a gentle reset, and as the light breaks, you may find your springs and gears free wound. It won't be long until you run on time. Know that clockmaking is a slow art, and yours is a mechanism worth taking its time over. The soft smile you sometimes wear will learn to stay, and each day it will kiss your lips and smear its lipstick all over your face, blooming, messy, wide grins and open mouth laughs, and you'll breathe its air and find your lungs full. You are becoming whole, slowly, growing through this pain like a tree can grow through a fence. These jagged edges and barbed wire words will become your strong knees, and sharp eyelashes. You are becoming whole. And though you don't always see it, really, you do. Your eyes are the greatest diary keeper you've never met, and when you meet them, they'll be so happy, gushing, overflowing with their love of you. A thousand poems you were too nervous to read, and they were too shy to tell you. They'll tell you how you've been growing, and you'll know that they're so proud of you, and for the first time, You'll be proud too, and you won't be able to wait until you won't be able to wait to see what you grow into. Thanks. As we bring up Jordan Lane, let's give let's give uh, Pigeon Cat another uh, round of applause. from unknown providence. I haven't really slept since it arrived on my lawn. For a week, its weight has been heaved atop the living grass, crushing it. Futile and inert as the mass occupies two spaces, my lawn and my thoughts. I wait for rest. A python fastens tight around my chest, then questions, countless and red-bellied like piranhas, bite away the flesh of sleep, and again I am a skeleton of wakefulness walking through the front door. Again I draw fingers against blue paint, bursting droplets of cold, and letting my hands ebb over the corrugations. Smoothness, then bubbles of ruptured rust blisters, a blue that gives way to pink, gives way to the arrogant, naked gray. I should have opened it on the first day, 
with the prehistoric beak of bolt cutters, I snapped the padlock, flipped the handles up, but hesitated against a sound so unmechanical that my own breath became a forgery. Thank you. As we bring up Lane and Taurus, let's give uh, Jordan Lane another hand. gather tiny pebbles and spin them into gold. Little polished nuggets they scatter like confetti. You pick one up and place it in your pocket. You begin to shine with a surprise brilliance. The energy makers crackle in their radiance like a spark breathed into a sleepy dying embers. They are contagious in their vigor. You reach for the flame hoping to get burned. You always were in love with excess. The energy makers bang the drum and dance the tango. Sometimes they dye their hair purple. They cast spells without intent, singing a beckoning witch's song like a wolf howling at the autumn moon. And yet, the energy makers are prone to growing weary, like a wound forever in gestation, all that fire in the veins expanding out. You inhale fumes of your own intoxication. You always were in love with excess. As we bring up Ken Chin, let's give uh, Leanne Karras another hand. And you just heard readings by Pigeon Caddick. Jordan Lane, Leanne Terrace, and those were all from the second round of the March 3rd open mic in the end. The Journey Continues monthly open mic series held at the Elm Cafe. Up in it, up next in it, I should say, you're going to hear readings by Ken Chin, Billy Kearns, and Sasha Hill. This one's called Living the Dream. Freezing cold morning as I make my way down icy streets. Up ahead, teachers with their picket signs. Out in the cold for hours, standing up against politicians who thinks they know how to educate children better than trained, experienced teachers. Trains remain idle across the nation as indigenous groups block the tracks, protesting a pipeline to be built on native land quickly escalating into a fight for native rights. They are not alone. Non-indigenous people are giving support. It's been a long time coming. Overseas, all hell is breaking loose. Despite all efforts to contain it, new cases of that virus is discovered daily in different parts of the world. And still, it is not considered to be a pandemic, not even when it kills about 100 people every week. It's here too, but the government has it under control, if you could believe the government. Walking to work on a freezing February morning, just like most people, I'm up to my neck in debt. The system was designed that way, so we could have everything we want, but be permanently in debt. I have often wondered why, 
generation after generation, my forefathers keep coming back to this cold northern land. Chinese were not respected or even welcome here. They certainly were not allowed to become citizens. If you got sick or couldn't find a job, you were on your own. Medical coverage and social, social assistance didn't exist. But in my generation, I saw changes. The social safety net that my forefathers could only dream of is available to me by right. Racism, so open and accepted back then, is now illegal by law. And being an accepted part of Canadian society was something that my forefathers could not dream of. I even married a Canadian girl. When I work, we sometimes ask each other, how's it going, or how are you? And the answer would be living a dream. Every time I hear that, I smile. They have no idea. For me, living a dream is a reality. Thank you. As we bring up Billy Kearns, let's give uh, Ken Shin another hand. This next one is a new old poem uh, in the sense that I was flipping through one of my old notebooks and I often just write like these nonsense poems and I was like, oh, this one's kind of fun. I'll actually turn it into something. So this one came from the summer of 2016. Uh, I titled it, This is my first summer living alone and I swear I'm doing just fine. Is there an elephant in the fridge? I think there might be because the eggs have been missing three weeks since yesterday. Elephants must like eggs. I'm sure it's true. Okay, if I'm being honest, there weren't any eggs in the fridge in the first place. Just milk, 7-Up, and green cabbage slaw from KFC. I swear, there'll be fresh groceries in the fridge by Tuesday night. Eggs and everything. The elephant issue is still present regardless. Please send help. Got any elephant juice? You know, third graders like to use it as chapstick. They bomb their lips with the elephant juice to cover the other phrase that they think is funny. It is. The third graders must have elephants in their fridges too. Is that frightening? Maybe. What are the elephants thinking? I'm unsure. Same, says the elephant in my fridge. I investigate the fridge. After this exchange, the elephant and I are friends. I tell it to keep the juice. Save it for later. It's a hot commodity in the third grade market and capitalism is really hitting us young these days. The elephant replies, I'm aware. There is a silence. I shut the fridge. Thank you. <laughs> As we bring up Sasha Hill, let's give Billy Kearns another hand. between your teeth when you smile. Thank you. And as we bring up Meg Freer, let's give Sasha Hill another hand.
And you just heard readings by Ken Chin, Billy Kearns, and Sasha Hill. All of those again in the second round of the March 3rd open mic. In the end, the journey continues monthly open mic reading series held at the Elm Cafe. Up next, uh, you'll hear readings by Meg Freer and then Bob McKenzie. The Sisters of Providence here in Kingston have a big property called Heathfield over on Princess Street across from Food Basics. And they recently sold all of that property to an organization that's going to put some affordable housing, a hospice facility, a palliative care facility, and, and some other things there. So uh, they held back in the fall what they called a turf and twig ceremony which is a land, an ancient land transfer ceremony from um, England, I believe, originally, or colonial America. And so this is a poem about this land transfer ceremony for that property. Turf and Twig. Townspeople join the sisters outside their mother house, pray to the queen of heaven and pay homage to the four seasons, four directions, four elements, ancient doors to the sisters' legacy and wisdom. They face east to feel the wings of the wind, south to hear the Lord's voice flash faint flames of fire, west to walk through the mighty waters, north to see the earth full of goodness. The land has something to say, holy, rough, immediate. A clump of earth dug out, a twig found on the property, inserted like a tiny tree to stand for the land and all that is on it. The whole, a window onto the future, symbols of the owners, old and new, placed inside with some sadness, the piece of sod and branch set back on top to seal them in with hope. With this hand-to-hand -hand passing of turf and twig, the ceremony closed in song. The sisters unfold the layers of tradition stitch a new landscape onto a design woven long ago. As we bring up Bob McKenzie, let's give Mike Freer another hand. Okay, uh, this is another fragment from the 15-minute poem that I've not written, but will. This is for the jazz. This is for all the jazz. All the jazz filling the air. All the jazz bringing light. This is for all that jazz. This is for the jazz that drifts through the dusk, drifts through the dusk to evening, drifts from evening to absolute dark. This is for the dark that is the jazz. This is for the minor keys, for the sad and somber keys, keys that keep us awake at night, wistful keys and expectant keys, keys that bring us hope. This is for the keys that rock, googie-woogie keys of the night, keys behind that green door, wondering just what's going on. But this is just for the jazz. This is for slow, groovy keys, piano bar keys, for domino keys, for Fats Waller piano roll jazz, for the cat in the local bar and the artiste in Carnegie Hall. 
This is for the rhythm, bass and drum, heartbeat, beat of factories working, beat of men and women, the beat, the beat, the beat. As we bring up Brent Raycroft, let's give Bob McKenzie another hand. And you just heard readings by Meg Freer and Bob McKenzie. And uh, again, those were from the second round of the March 3rd Open Mic in the And the Journey Continues monthly series held at the Elm Cafe. I need to play a couple more announcements this hour, and uh, so I'm going to do that now. Uh, but I think I'm just going to uh, bleed uh, immediately after that uh, the other cut I was going to play off of uh, Beck, Beck's 2002 album called, uh, again, Sea Change. So, you know what? I'll just tell you about it when I come back. How's that? And then I'll kind of conclude this hour. We'll move into the second hour shortly after. So, hopefully you can stick around for these, the Beck song, and then a few comments from me before we switch to the second. The Four Directions Aboriginal Student Center, located at 146 Berry Street, offers resources and services for Aboriginal students at Queen's University. Among its many services, the center offers a Three Sisters Feast Weekly on Wednesdays from 5 to 7 p.m. at the center, prepared by staff or a guest chef. The center is open daily, Monday to Friday, and hosts events throughout the year. For more information, visit queensu.ca slash fdasc. by myself, Selena Chirelli, here on CFRC 101.9, Monday nights at 7. Martha's Table provides a caring place where people in need can have nutritious meal for only one dollar. Now you can get involved in this great cause. Martha's Table is looking for volunteers to help in the kitchen, at the drop-in center, picking up food, or even being a friendly face at fundraising events. Volunteer orientation is every Thursday at 4.30 in the drop-in center and volunteers must be 14 years of age or older. You can donate using a credit card through marthastable.ca or you can send your donation by mail, cash, check, or bank draft. Martha's Table, 629 Princess Street. Whether it's volunteer donating or anything else that you can offer Martha's Table, visit their website marthastable.ca
And you just heard Beck off of his 2002 album called Sea Change uh, with a song called Round the Bend. And uh, you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce. I'm here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6. We do stream live online as well, www.cfrc.ca. And I do want to thank you. Uh, we're getting very close to the top of the second hour now. So I think I'll just take this time uh, before I can, can't really get into anything else. So I do want to thank you for sure. So say thanks for tuning into the first hour. And hopefully you can stay tuned for the second hour. You're going to hear very much more of the same, um, essentially the same readers you heard as we move, uh, finish up the second round and then move into the third round uh, of that on uh, March 3rd and the Journey Continues monthly open mic. Uh, I should uh, mention as well that uh, both hours of, I do have a blog space for this show, so both hours each week are uploaded to my blog space for it shortly after I get home, so uh, you can find it at finding a voice on cfrcfm.wordpress.com. Uh, those shows uh, remain there for uh, four years. I used to be able to do it uh, much longer than that, but uh, it's expensive. <laughs> so I went with the next best option, and at least I can save what I have for four years. So I guess that's not too bad. Sorry, I kind of moved away from the mic. I was fixing a cord here, so... I even heard myself fade away, so I could imagine it really sounded weird out there. So apologies for that. Uh, so let's, we're getting very, very close now to the second hour. I might as well just start to lead into it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I forgot to say in this first hour. I will. I think I will have a little bit more time uh, for, obviously, there aren't any events going on really the way things are right now. But I am going to share some calls for submissions and spend a little bit of time with that a little later today. Uh, so something maybe some of you might consider uh, in this kind of time that you have uh, to kind of look into and see what, uh, see if you can come up with something. And just as I said that, I think we just switched over a few seconds ago. I looked up at the clock, and we are now 5 o'clock. So welcome back now into the second hour officially. Uh, it is just a few seconds after 5 o'clock. You are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, and again, I'm here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. And again, we do stream live online at www.cfrc.ca. So coming up in this second hour... Uh, we're going to move, let's see, how many groupings do I have in the, I think just two groupings in the second round, and then we move straight into the third round. Could be mistaken, but I think that's how it's going to work out. But the people reading, the poets reading, you will hear will be Brent Raycroft, pretty much in this order, too, uh, uh, to start off with anyway. Brent Raycroft, Devin Runyons, Sarah Emtich, Allison Wong, Eric Folsom, Corey Toke, Jordan Lane, Leanne Taras, Ken Chin, Billy Kearns, Sasha Hill, Meg Freer, Bob McKenzie, and then me again. 
Seems like I'm leaving someone. Oh, uh, yeah, you're going to hear some of them read twice. So I'll read twice. Eric, several people will read twice. Let's just leave it that way. I just didn't write their names down again. So this first, the usual hourly announcement. Occasionally some poetry, spoken word, or music played on this show may contain strong language, but it's all played in its entirety with content unedited to honor the creative integrity of both the author and the piece. So... Let's go ahead and go back into that March 3rd reading in the end. The Journey Continues monthly open mic series. And continuing now, as I'd already just mentioned, but do it again to make it official. Second round that evening. Wait a minute. Where am I? Yeah. Getting myself confused here. Typo. My fault. Up up next, you're going to hear Brent Raycroft, Devin Runyons, Sarah M. Tish, and Allison Wong. Let me see if I got this sound set up right here. Looks like it should be good to go. Here you go. Okay, this is my second vacation poem. It's also about a beach. A very different kind of beach, the kind with lots of tourists and restaurants and parking lots and that kind of beach. <coughs> Islands. Oh, it, it has an epigraph at the beginning from Tennyson, one line. And the sun went down and the stars came out far over the summer sea. I said it was like a short story, though it was not. This took some of the danger out of telling you the plot. An attraction, mutual and brief, between a woman on the beach and me. Her age was probably close to 80 years, but keep in mind, we are almost old ourselves, my dear. The reader of this fiction would be free to see the sentimental vanity as belonging to the narrator, not me, and likewise his male gaze at layers of gauzes, a slip, a shift, a knitted shawl, each translucent, but together not at all, showing no detail, but the shape within quite well. It seemed an old-fashioned way of dressing for the Caribbean heat, though it's coming back among the young as vintage repurposing. Her companions wore cotton shorts and shirts, or voluminous caftans mostly, and were facing out toward the limping surf and anchored local boats. She was facing inland, squinting at the sun and wind. Her heels sank slightly in the sand just then, and with a quick quip back and forward with her hips and upward to her chin, she restored her equilibrium. It seemed the snake of youth alive in age, a jerk that as a child or in her prime she would have made. Did she see me see that motion? I wouldn't ask, though I'd get my chance for straightaway she marched right up to me, where I sat brushing granules from my bunion 
propped on the opposite knee. Perhaps it was my stylish, wide-brimmed Tilly. Her opener, I don't like islands, surprised me. So I countered, but you're British, by her accent. <laughs> Little ones, she said, smiling. She lived near Liverpool, so again, by accent, I was puzzled, and she made it clear that not everyone sounded like the Beatles there. So, your first disappointment? The Isle of Man. The morning paper arrives at supper time. Who needs the paper when we've got the internet? She grimaced like I'd offered her a cigarette. Rivers, then? I did like the Amazon. It's where we've been. I'm with a group on the Magellan. This is just a stop. I thought it was Magellan. Let's, we said in unison, call the whole thing off. Next is the Azores. At Flores, in the Azores, Sir Richard Grenville lay. You've got me there, I had to say. It's Tennyson, his ballad of the one and the 53. And before I could explain my limited appreciation of his poetry, came a shout from the parking lot beyond the trees. Oh, how I've grown to hate that voice. She's so shrill. It's a kind of tyranny. And she's on her feet and wishing me well. And without a handshake or a name, or an embrace, she's off to the bus that will take her away from this beach and back to the little port city that's dwarfed when a towering cruise ship is visiting. There was a parting look, though, from eyes bright and firm within eyelids red from long seeing that stays with me. I laced my shoes, returned to you and our true life itinerary. A few days later, out of curiosity, I checked the internet for real-time cruise ship traffic. The Magellan was a little icon, homeward bound, mid-Atlantic. Thanks. As I bring up Devin Runyon's, let's give Brent Raycroft another hand. potential sparks as the bullets enter the air, the holes they will make. Beauty, you and me, ecstasy is what it is we have next to see. Thrown against the ropes, I never could double dutch, plastic wraps angles. As we bring up uh, Sarah Emtrich, let's give uh, Devin Renians another hand. Hey. This is called You. There is a grand creature of fashion and fame. For the sake of convenience, let's call it your name. 
with wide-spreading antlers inhabited by a choir of seagulls that sing to the sky. And it's smiling and sporting a beautiful coat and frowning and reading each word I just wrote. As we bring up Alice and Juan, let's give uh, Sarah Emptich another hand. All right. So this is one that I wrote a long time ago, and I've been going back and forth and back and forth for months debating whether or not I'd ever perform it. But here we are. So let's hope nerves don't get the better of me because I should have a number. Let's have a talk, except only you will talk and I will stand here silent writing yet another poem in my head because I do not know how to talk about pain without metaphor. I don't know how to name it. I can only describe what it looks like, how its lips feel against mine, how its hands cut my face and my waist like a lover. They say names have power, both a blessing and a curse, because when you name it, you call it, conjure it out of the electric mind of the figurative and into the light where if you so choose and if you so dare, you may destroy it. You cannot fight an enemy unseen. You will lose unless you take yourself down with it, which is why every time I manage to choke up the word depression or wrench my pen to trace its shape, it feels like an incantation. This is what the necromancer feels when they have summoned the dead, what the alchemist feels when they have cheated nature, what the scryer feels like staring into their mirrored bowl for the first time. It is me looking at my reflection and seeing not the future or the past, but a myth, one that endures the passage of time and only grows stronger. The Minotaur was just a bull and a man until we made him a monster. Medusa was only a woman until we made her a nightmare. The Cyclops was only an enemy when we decided to kill it. The dragon is only hungry who feeded empty souls. I? I was just a girl until you told me to be more. More, more. I didn't have more to give, so I made up the missing pieces and I've spent the rest of my time since then trying to rebuild this puzzle into a frameable fit. So here, let's talk. Let's play Pictionary with my mind and charades with my words. Bring out the M&Ms and the root beer. We'll put on a CD and light some candles and make shadow people on the wall. They are real and we are not. Tell me what you see there. You can't see scars and shadows, so tell me what you do see. We'll make constellations out of black holes and weave the dying light on their horizons like friendship bracelets. Let's talk. It's about time we do. So let's give Alison Wong another hand. And you just heard readings by Brent Raycroft, Devin Runyons, Sarah Emtish, and Alison Wong again in the second round of the March 3rd Open Mic. Uh, in the end, the journey continues. Monthly open mic reading series held at the Elm Cafe. Up next, uh, in it, and uh, I believe with that, uh, we do, double-checking my list here, yeah, we do end the second round with these readings coming up. So coming up as we end the second end of the second round that evening, you'll hear readings again by Eric Folsom, Corey Toke, and me. Hmm, okay, um, I'm going back to my translations of Jean Cocteau. Um, so, this is the number 24 in the sequence cryptographies. Uh, 
at, at this point, uh, Cocteau has, has a few poems in a row uh, where he references Marco Polo, um, the Venetian explorer of the, I think, 12th century. Um, and the important thing for Cocteau is uh, uh, the, the way he uses Marco Polo is as somebody who went off on these fantastic journeys, came back with stories, and people didn't believe it because it's like medieval Europe. <laughs> this is crazy, man. Like, no, the earth is flat. Get serious. Uh, so, 24, dans la prison. Oh, and Marco Polo's in a Genoan prison because Venice and Genoa went to war with each other, and Marco Polo was captured and imprisoned in Genoa. So, there. Little known historical fact. In a Genoan prison, Marco Polo took stock. Speaking truth is risky when listeners' ears are blocked. A quiet man has no worth, pearls kept in his pockets. But oh, how round is the earth, oceans merely buckets. Storytelling is my game, true liar most devout. Yet I'd simply die of shame if you found me out. As we bring up Corin Kilke, let's give Eric Folsom another hand. So this piece is titled. Sorry, this piece is titled "Refrain." Surrounded by the familiar setting of a thousand hours occupation, I confront questions faced before and obsessed over mysteries which elude my inquiry. Surrounded by the familiar setting of a thousand hours' occupation, I debate why I entwined so deeply my sense of self and source of frustration. Surrounded by the familiar setting of a thousand hours' occupation, I feel my own incapacity for tears cloud any answers from surfacing, choke avenues from which they might emerge. These may seem, to some, strange moods for private spaces, yet in them I remain, surrounded by the familiar setting of a thousand hours' occupation. Thank you. Let's give Tori, uh, Corey, did it again. Give Corey Toki another hand. The title of my own poem, as you recall, was on writing poetry. This one is called On Just About Everything, I guess. You will do something in a way, a certain way, and you will continue that until you learn that perhaps it is wrong for you. Then you will discover another way, perhaps a better way or an easier way, or perhaps even a more difficult but likewise more fulfilling way. In any case, it's still a different way. But very soon after, you will forget, not the old way, but the new way now. You will go back and forth, back to that old way, until you realize, for you, the old way no longer works, and then you will remember, oh yes, there was that new way. And you will return to it, but not forever. No, you will flip 
around, back and forth, the old, the new, the new, the old, through months, years, decades, maybe, perhaps even a half century or more, until one day, and you almost surprised, startled almost, in that sensation of some sort of internal click, almost audible, as if a switch had been forever turned on or off. You become constantly, finally then, that new way, the old way, gone. And you certain that the switching of ways is over, that there is no past ever nudging you backward. And this new way now will be forever, you say, until a newer way comes. Thanks. As we bring up Jordan Lane. Moving into round three. Oh, I'm not quite sure what happened there. <laughs> so anyway, I, I think I tried to make a nicer splice there, but it, that didn't work very well. Anyway, you just heard readings by, um, you see where I'm at here? You just heard readings by Eric Folsom, Corey Toke, and me. And again, as I blurted out there at the very end, uh, ending the second round of the March 3rd and moving into the third round, of uh, the March 3rd open mic. In the end, the journey continues. Monthly series held at the Elm Cafe. Uh, as we begin the third round, uh, you're going to hear, coming right up, Jordan Lane, Leanne Taras, and Ken Chin. This one's called New Prayers for an Old God. There are quakes and epicenter at the base of my skull, where mad messages clash and howl along the interstices of my brain shaking loose the tesserae of a mosaic self, the house of worship that once held together, prayers murdered into decollage, a blessing, sorry, a house of faith, unmade, unfloored, unroofed, whose scrap of a blessing then is this breaching rain that softens the humus into black meal, whose meal but the worm, patron of survival, of the divvied mind, of the escape from knife-shaped calamities in precious segments. Prostrate, I stoop, and between pressed hands scoop errant fragments, mold from earth, stone, glass, and blood, a prayer, a provision to you, as you are a provision to me. Thank you. So we bring up Leanne Taurus. Let's give uh, Jordan Lane another hand. Solitary soldiers thriving out of dust. As 
up Ken Chin. Let's give Liam Taurus another hand. Ever been in a situation where you just say, uh, I'm not going to get out of this one? As I read this, I want you to think, how are you going to get out of this one? At first, you don't understand what you are looking at. It's not something that you see daily and holding on the ground, approximately 17 centimeters in diameter, 10 centimeters deep, rocking ugly edges around the hole, glass marks radiating from it. Beside the hole, a dead cow, a back bent almost 90 degrees, hind legs spread obscenely apart, where her stomach should have been a gaping hole empty. The insides probably picked clean by scavengers. You could see her ribs. Freeze, guys. Don't take another step. We're in a minefield. An innocent stroll outside the kibbutz onto the Golan Heights turned deadly. Perhaps we should not have climbed over that barbed wire fence. Perhaps I should have paid more attention to that sign, inverted yellow triangle with Hebrew writing. Matters little now. We're going to die. Or at least lose a leg. And it's all my fault. I looked at the cow again. This wasn't an ordinary mine that killed her. Those little things that resemble two hockey pucks stacked on top of each other. Toe poppers, they call them. Designed to blow your foot off as you step on it. Designed to cripple, not kill you. And the only sound that you will hear is the sound of your voice screaming as you crunch at the bloody stump that was your foot. The cow's feet were intact. Her stomach was blown apart. This was no toe popper. This was worse. A pressure release mine, armed by stepping on it. The instant you step off, boom. Sometimes you are unable to tell if you stepped on one, giving you the choice when to step off, when to die. What to do? I led the group in here. I'll get them out. Stay 10 feet behind me and walk exactly in my steps. Slim chance of me making it out. Hopefully the others will do better. I took a few slow, careful steps, then stopped. Not too far away, a calf, alive in the minefield. Where was the cow's mother? A thought came to me, four hooves to my two legs. If they don't step on a mine, neither will I. I headed towards the calf to make it move. It bolted, running for its life in a zigzag pattern. Follow me, guys, I yelled over my shoulders. We ran like crazy behind a calf, zigzagging. When we came near the fence, we dove over it, alive, safe. At the kibbutz, we told him what happened. He said two years ago, two Danish guys went up there also. One guy's leg blown off. The army had to extract them. We were lucky. Thank you. As we bring up Billy Kearns, let's give uh, Ken Shin another hand. And you just heard readings by Jordan Lane, Leanne Taras, and Ken Chin. Again, in the third round of the March 3rd open mic, in the end, the journey continues, monthly series of them. Again, held at the Elm Cafe. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and play a song again, but as I get that set up, I think uh, maybe we should do uh, this first. I'll be right back. 
Your business deserves to be noticed by a bunch of people, not just men between the ages of 18 and 54. We hit CFRC know what you want. You want more people coming through your doors. You want more people to know who you are and where you are. And you want to sell more product. And how do you do that? Well, you advertise with CFRC for a price that's not going to break the bank. For more information, visit cfrc.ca and email business at cfrc.ca. The COVID-19 coronavirus is spreading to more countries globally. While there are still only a small number of cases in Canada, it is important to be prepared. COVID-19 symptoms can mimic the flu and include fever, cough, and difficulty breathing. Encourage those who are sick or showing symptoms to stay home and self-isolate or to seek medical attention. Wash hands frequently for 20 seconds with soap and water or disinfect with an alcohol-based hand rub. Avoid touching eyes, mouth, and nose. Practice good respiratory etiquette. Cover your coughs and sneezes with your arm or use a tissue. Clean regularly used surfaces and objects like countertops, doorknobs, and children's toys. Maintain social distance. Stay at least two meters away from someone who is coughing or sneezing. Instead of a handshake, use a wave or another greeting. For more up-to-date information on COVID-19, check reliable sources like your local health authority, the Public Health Agency of Canada, or the World Health Organization. Love podcasts? Want to try your hand at podcasting? Why not make your mark and join CFRC's podcast network? Visit podcast.cfrc.ca, check out the great podcasts already produced right here at CFRC, and find out how you too can have your very own podcast. And again, you are listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. We are located in Lower Carruthers Hall, Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario. My name is Bruce, and I'm here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock to stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. I do believe I have time for this, so we're going to go ahead and try it. Uh, We've got a song here uh, off of... uh, Another one of my favorite albums from way back. Uh, I think it what came out. What what year was it? I'm not sure. Hmm. Early 2000s. In fact, it might have been the year 2000. Uh, uh, this is uh, was a compilation of sorts called Moby Songs, uh, 1993 to 1998. We're gonna listen to uh, here. He is with Into the Blue. Hope you enjoy it.
from uh, the album called Moby Songs, 1993 to 1998. You heard uh, Into the Blue. And uh, let's go ahead and move back in now uh, into, it looks like I've got three more groupings here. We'll finish up the third round of readings in the uh, March 3rd session of uh, the end the journey continues monthly open mic reading series held at the elm cafe up next in it you're going to hear billy kearns sasha hill 
Meg Freer and Bob McKenzie. Here you go. This one's called Grounded. <clears throat> I slide the found fruit roll up under a pile of skirts on my dresser, turn off the light, and put myself to bed. Auntie Lana swings the door open. My six-year-old cousin Marcus wails from the hall for his lost snack. I tell Auntie that I did not steal. I tell Auntie that I found it. The next day, I phone my mother two time zones across the country, tell her I'm grounded. I'm stuck reading Tom Sawyer while Marcus plays pretend with Alexa in the yard, and I can hear them laughing. My mother says she remembers the way my voice crumbled then. She still spits that Lana never liked her and spits that I have nothing to do with it. As we bring up Sasha Yale, let's give uh, Billy Kearns another hand.
So remember, April is the coolest month. Look it up. Uh, this is the third chunk of my very long poem that I haven't written yet or titled, and uh, which has no particular place in the big poem yet. On a wooded island, in the absence of owls, winds whisper ghost notes, sing through leaves at dusk, wash along the lake shore, slip across the waiting water, seek distant horizons. On nights, rain-swept city streets, impatient umbrellas sprout, passing cars swish like brushes, ride and snare catch the groove, winds around corners saxophonic, sounds of the city orchestrated, fragments of joy dance to the beat. Devin Runyon, let's give Bob McKenzie another hand. And you just heard readings by Billy Kearns, Sasha Hill, Meg Freer, and Bob McKenzie. Again, they were in the third round of the March 3rd open mic. In the end, the journey continues, a monthly series held at the Elm Cafe. Uh, coming up next, you will hear Devin Runyon's Sarah Emtich and Allison Wong. Do you want to hear me whistle heart-wrenching songs from sensitive teeth? Allow me to check for natural perception. You sense the ground fall. When you are afraid, call me fingers, call me toes. You can count on me. As we bring up Sarah Emptish, let's give uh, Devin Runyon's another hand. All right. This is the rhyme of the tiny mariner. I'm the captain of a bottled ship afloat on glassy seas. A dreadful calm has taken grip, but I am at my and so I go and stroll the deck to hear the planking shudder and scrape away to keep in check the wood glue on my rudder. While overboard and far below inside the fish's tank, I see there in the afterglow Atlantis where it sank. And the day may come when this glass will crack and the wind will fill my sails, so I'm practicing my forward tack and I'm ready for the gale. As we bring up Allison Wong, let's give Sarah and Peach another hand. This one's not memorized because it was written yesterday. I apologize, this is all so dark. <laughs> this is as much for me as it is for you, so. How do you tell the story of a scar? You asked for my voice. I know you've heard it. I pray you listen to it, too. You asked for a story, whether you wanted to or not. You asked for a song, and though its words are untested, its notes not yet tuned. You asked, and I shall deliver. So I shall. So I shall. How do you tell the story of a star? 
Why do you ask a question with no answer and lament when no such thing emerges? How should this thing be addressed, this thing with no name and no face but my own? How do you tell the story of a scar? With patience, with secrets, with silence. The gentle kind, the kind like morning fog misting the leaves, twisting and curling with no rules and no reason. Why must there be a reason? It should be enough to tell you this is where it hurts, and though I wish it weren't so, it is. So it is. So it is the story of my scars. They are, and I have stopped asking why. They are mine as much as I am theirs, and you cannot have one without the other. When you shake my hand, you are shaking hands with grief, with burdens, with late nights alone in the dark. It's nice to meet you. The story of my scars began with that question, why? And it will end when we can look at the sun and all its fire and all its dangers and not ask why such a magnificent thing must hurt us so, but instead just marvel that we have made it this far despite all odds. I have made it this far despite all odds. This is not a pity story, nor is it a cautionary tale. I am not a lesson for your children to learn. My scars are not the monster under your bed waiting for the day to come when you finally submit to the shadows. They are in the letter of defiance written to everyone who has ever told me I haven't lost enough or felt enough pain to deserve them. To everyone who has ever looked at me like I am the reaper at the door to be warded off by crosses and prayers and happy thoughts written in pastel cursive hung above with rose succulents. They are my answer to what happens when you divide by zero, when you give up so much of yourself for nothing at all, when you have so much to give and no one to give to, when you have nothing in you left to give but keep trying anyways. They are my way of keeping time, marking the weeks and months and years as they fade. They are my journal, which everybody wants to read, but nobody is brave enough to ask for. It's all there, written plain for you to see. They are, no doubt, what you will use to identify my body. The way you point me out to your friends in the crowd, look, there goes the girl with the scars. I look in a mirror and at the people on the street whose scars mirror mine and say, look, there goes the girl who has survived the war that is herself who has fought the devil and clawed her way back to earth, who has made the most of the only thing she has. So the next time you are tempted to ask, are you okay? Maybe consider that is the question with no answer, so don't expect one. The next time you are tempted to say, everything will be all right in the end, consider this. Tell me one story with a happy ending that isn't a fairy tale or make-believe. Tell me why it matters that there is a happy ending at all. Get to know me and you will get to know my scars. Tell me your story and maybe I'll tell you mine. I've had enough of giving myself up to empty vessels. I have had enough of begging sympathy from bandages. The people who say I'm here to talk for no reason other than to fulfill the checkbox on their personality charts that tell them they are a good person and peel away when things get too messy. How do you tell the story of a scar? With weakness, with wonder, the ironclad kind, the kind that doesn't try to be anything except itself and damns anyone who dares call it anything else with pride and defiance and your head held high. The story of a scar is told in weakness, yes, but the kind of weakness that lets a building sway in a quake or a tree bow over in the wind. The kind of weakness that you'll find is not actually weakness at all, only labeled as such by those who don't know better. Show me your scars and I'll show you mine. Folsom, let's give Ellison Wong another hand.
And you just heard readings by Devin Runyons, Sarah Imtich, and Allison Wong. Again, in the third round of the March 3rd Open Mic in the end, the Journey Continues monthly open mic reading series held at the Elm Cafe. And it's the usual group of three, it looks like, the way I've done this, uh, that you will hear coming up next. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's the way it, every round ended, so... Here, uh, coming up, you're going to hear the final readings of the evening and the third round, obviously, uh, by Eric Folsom, Corey Tokay, and, again, me. And I think I did have some closing comments, but this is a little bit shorter segment, so here we go. Okay, John Crypto, once again, in translation, uh, cryptography is the uh, for refusing to deny that the earth was round, Marco Polo, you lay dying. The rare treasures you dug from deep underground, now lost on the seabed lying. They said you should disavow fantastic glories and beg forgiveness on your knees. You should keep in mind you've been caught spreading stories and we can do with you as we please. But he closed his eyes and remembered the attire of the great emperor. Each dawn found Brewster of the most celestial empire, reilluminating the sun. Incredible Marco, I die as you once did, but allow me death's full measure. Allow my last minutes in a desperate bid to carefully weigh my treasure. As we bring up Corey Toke, let's give Eric Folsom another hand. So this is titled, Can I Write a Poem Shorter Than Its Title? Yes? No? Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, Corey took it in another hand. And before I read a final poem uh, for the evening, uh, we've heard some incredible poetry tonight. Let's give yourself and everybody else another hand. light poem for a change, and it's quite short, but it deserves a preface, because it happened here. I was actually sitting at the table that, uh, where I usually sit, where Jordan is sitting, and I had come in here to write poetry, this was maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago, and Alison Chisholm, most of you know her, Alison Castiles, Alison Chisholm, came in here, and she was writing poetry as well, and I happened to look up and glanced at her from there, and then this very short and light poem came to me, so it's called Cafe, and it's actually, uh, uh, the epigraph is uh, for Alice and C. I'm sitting in a cafe beginning to write, 
a cafe that has three kinds of coffee, 10 different pastries, but only 17 words. And a poet at another table has already used 10 of them. <laughs> Thanks a lot, everybody. And you just heard uh, readings uh, by uh, Eric Folsom, Corey Toke, and me. Again, ending uh, the third round and the evening uh, of the March 3rd open mic in the And the Journey Continues monthly open mic reading series held at the Elm Cafe. Tell you what, I should do this one more time and uh, then I will be right back. Do you know what to do when flu season hits? Get regular sleep. Get your shot. Try to manage your stress. Wash your hands regularly. Cover your nose and mouth. Avoid crowds. What if you had to be that vigilant all year round? That's what life is like for those with primary immunodeficiency. People with PI are more susceptible to infections and health problems that lead to serious and debilitating diseases. Early diagnosis and proper medical care are critical. Go to immunodeficiency.ca to find out more. Do you like to dance? Tune into The Hustle with DJ Bolt every Friday night between 11 p.m. and midnight. Where you'll hear all the newest dance, electronic, French touch, booty bass, ghetto, deep, and tech house remixes and more. Let The Hustle take you to midnight and beyond at 11 p.m. on 4 to the Floor Fridays. Only on CFRC 101.9 FM. Kingston Community House for Self-Reliance, widely known as 99 York, has for 30 years been providing a central, low-cost meeting space for groups that allow like-minded people to come together to learn from one another, to share resources and trade skills. The goal of this house is to act as an integral part of the neighborhood in which it is located. On a typical evening, an autism caregiver relief group will be at 99 York, together with a 12-step organization and a transgendered support group while a social justice and homeschooling group may be booked in the following day. The community house is also available for less official functions, such as barbecues, birthday and office parties, and other social gatherings. We are proud to also serve the Queen's community. For more information, visit 99 York Street in Kingston. Go to www.99york.org, email info at 99york.org, or call 613-542-1136. And I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. You have been listening to Finding a Voice here on CFRC 101.9 FM. My name is Bruce. I'm here every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 o'clock. We do stream live online as well at www.cfrc.ca. And uh, I won't have time to really talk about any calls for submissions. I'll probably do that next week for sure. Uh, What I would like to do is encourage you to stay tuned for two hours of Saltwater Music, a uh, show called Saltwater Music. It's two hours of East Coast music by Rob Carnell and then a number of other wonderful programming that follows that all the way through tonight into tomorrow. So I hope you can stay tuned for what's coming up next uh, at 6 o'clock uh, for sure to get started into it. Uh, again, I'd like to thank you for tuning in this week. Uh, 
should point out the blog space again for the radio show. Both hours will be loaded up the up to it and as soon as I get home at finding a voice on cfrcfm.wordpress.com. We'll remain there for four years. I'm going to go back into the Moby album to take us out of here. song on it uh, called Grace. Stay healthy, stay well, stay happy. Catch you here next week. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences.